Hey, are you a coach or consultant ready to really level up your brand in your business and become known as the expert coach in your industry so you can make a bigger impact? If so, I have such an incredible opportunity for you. If you haven't already heard, we announced that we are hosting a two-day virtual event just for you called Magnetic Coach Live, where we're going to be showing you really the new ways of coaching for 2020 and how to transform your business by magnetizing your marketing, building an expert brand, and stepping into the most authentic version of yourself, because that is where the magic happens. This event is truly the biggest transformational event of 2020, and it's something you just can't afford to miss out on. So if you want to grab your tickets, we're offering early bird pricing right now. Go to magneticcoachlive.com. I'll link that up in the show notes and snag your ticket now. You guys, this is going to be a game changer for your business. Welcome to Launch It Girl, where business coach, marketing strategist, and ex-corporate leader, Kenzie Mackis, will show you how to launch, market, and scale a business and brand that feels authentically you, leveraging her proven framework for getting known, seen, and heard online so that you can overcome perfectionism, feelings of imposter syndrome and confusion, and finally launch yourself into a life full of abundance and freedom. Right. Welcome back guys to another episode of Launch It Girl. I have a really special guest with me here today, Michelle Dickinson. And uh, Michelle and I go back, oh, just, I don't know, has it been a year, maybe six months? We came across each other on social, right? Social is such a great way to connect with people, but I have always been drawn to Michelle, her energy, her wisdom, just her being in her presence virtually is really calming and energetically. We just always vibe well. I'm serving her as a coach now and also just learning so much about her specialty. And so I wanted to bring her on here, but I'll let you introduce yourself, Michelle. Please let my listeners know who you are, what you do, and all the goods. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kinsey. It is an honor to be here and equally as honorable to be working with you and to have you as my coach. I, I've learned so much from you over the past six months, like you said. So hi, everyone. My name is Michelle Dickinson. I am a life coach for working moms who are at a turning point in their life and career. And I really help them through my one-on-one coaching program and my unique pathway to purpose framework to find more fulfillment and balance in their life while also helping them to pursue what it is that they're truly passionate about. So it has been an amazing journey and I am so excited to just share my story and my knowledge and my expertise with you and with your audience today. So thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Yay. So good. Okay. Let's dive right in. I think there's so much about your story and I resonate that with your story as well. Coming from the corporate background, having three kids, building a business all at the same time, it feels so messy. And to be honest, like I, I remember being in a really dark space in my corporate career, I felt lost. I felt very unfulfilled, but I really felt like there was no way out. And I remember thinking, gosh, I wish I had somebody like Michelle to come in, scoop me up, give me the light, right? Give me the light at the end of the tunnel and kind of guide me toward that direction. Cause I had no freaking clue that there was even another side, right? There's an, another world outside of what I was groomed to know, right? The corporate space, the traditional education. 
And so I think it's really important that women know that there's a resource like yourself. So tell us even from your experience, what it's like to be juggling motherhood, building a business and and share some of your corporate experience as well. Sure. Absolutely. So I think that we have extremely similar stories, which is probably why we vibe (laughs) energetically so well together, right? If I think back to my childhood, right? You talk about being groomed and I think we are, we're shown a pathway to happiness, to feel purposeful. And I come from, you know, a blue collar family. My father worked his butt off and hustled his way to the top of his corporate career. And He was someone who had always kind of instilled that work ethic in me, right? He got me jobs starting when I was old enough to work at 16 years old. So like literally my, my foot in, into the door of corporate America started when I was just 16. So that's really all that I ever knew. And, you know, I think about when I was going into college, I really, I didn't know what I wanted from my life, right? And it was like, nope, you gotta go. And I went and I was always really good at like math, right? So I was like, I'll focus in accounting. And I graduated with my degree in business administration with a focus in accounting. And then right out of college, I started my just full-time serious, like grown up adult corporate career at one of the world's top investment companies. And God, I was a baby, right? So I was like excited and I was like, I'm going to work my way to the top of that corporate ladder. But interestingly enough, like there was always something, it was like that little whisper of a voice inside of me that constantly questioned whether or not I was in the right path, right? And I always heard this little whisper that was like, Michelle, like, is this really what you're meant to be doing with your life? Is this really your life's purpose? So there was this feeling of unhappiness and like in completeness, but I I misinterpreted that calling and that nudge to do something outside of the ordinary path as kind of like a call to just continue following different roles, careers, pathways within corporate America. And I thought that climbing to the top was what was going to make me happy. So really, you know, the older I got, the louder that voice became and that nudge became So, and I think it got louder with each child that I had. And then finally I had my third baby two years ago and God, I, at that point was really into personal development. I had my consistent like meditation practice. And I think I had just expanded my awareness so much that when it, you know, I had my third baby, Brayden, I was home with all of this time on maternity leave to just think about my life. And I was like, oh my God, it all hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, if not this if not corporate America, then what? It was that moment that really pulled me down the path of self-discovery. It's when I really started diving into discovering my life's purpose, stepping into the online coaching space, deciding that I wanted to be a life coach and serve other moms who were feeling like me, who were feeling called to reinvent themselves and really uh, define what more means for them and serve in a more purposeful way. So that's really kind of like how I came to be where I am right now. So good. And yes, like our paths are so similar. It's like each child, right? That void or whatever grows bigger. And, and we learn that achieving more isn't going to fill that void. I think as achievers and perfectionists, we just like are taught, right? To like check those boxes and, and just keep achieving, right? And that will bring you to success and happiness. And you start to get into that space of, 
but I have all these like external things and yet I still feel this void. I love that you call this right the whisper and then it get the voice gets louder and there's some misinterpretation there that occurs, right? And I would love for you to unpack that a little bit further about how you were really able to honor the voice that was occurring within you. And like, what did that look like day to day even for you? Was it like, were you having dreams about it? Were people like, tell us what that looked like and how you were able to step into that direction, knowing that that was your calling? Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to like what that whisper is to me, I really define that as your intuition. It's more, it's, I really think of it as like your soul voice, right? It's, it's really your truth and your essence calling you to fulfill really what you were born into this life for. And I think as children, we're not, we're not really taught to trust that we're constantly told what to do, how to do it, when to do it. Right. And I think we go through these life experiences, whatever they may be having a baby experiencing, you know, the loss of a loved one or a close friend. Right. And it kind of, pushes you into this space of self-reflection. And I think that's really where it started with me is that like something happened in my life that caused me to really step back and reflect on everything that had led me to this place. And, you know, I just, I kept feeling this pull to discover my life's purpose. And once I felt that call, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. Right. And at the time I wasn't really telling anybody, <laughs> I wasn't telling anybody about it. Cause I thought they would think that I was absolutely crazy. Like, what are you talking about? Because most people just, when you go through these, like what I will call spiritual awakenings, most people don't get it. So I started kind of just exploring online, like group coaching programs that were more geared towards figuring out your purpose and who you are and why you're here, right? So it was finding like-minded people that were in a similar space and on a similar journey as myself to really talk about the things that I was going through, the things that I was feeling, the thoughts that I was thinking down this new path to really help me navigate what it meant for me and how I could find my way. Because I did feel so lost at that point in my life, even though like you said, I had all of the boxes checked, right? Like outside looking in, my life was abundant and I should have been happy and fulfilled, but something felt like it was missing. So really it was digging into the personal development. And really this is kind of how the meditation all ties in to kind of me building my awareness, being able to observe my thoughts and feelings, figuring out why they're there and what they mean for me that helped me to really kind of start strengthening this intuition or this whisper inside of me, which I think is, we all have it. It's our internal guidance, right? It kind of shows us where we should be headed in life. So that's really how I started to kind of cultivate that inner knowing and being able to make decisions based off of that feeling, right? And then it's more about having the conversation with who, your partner, your spouse, your friends, right? To kind of start letting them in on this new journey so that they can start helping you because quite frankly, it's so hard to do alone. 
I'm so glad you said that because I had a, a very similar experience where I looked at my circle and it was all corporate driven and when they're all in the corporate space and they all have that traditional mindset. When I started to get exposed in this other space of on, not only just entrepreneurship, but a new way of being and a new way of showing up, it was sort of foreign and I felt really alone. And I think there is, I don't like the thought that like it's alone at the top or whatever. It's, it's alone in the middle. It's like transitioning, right? and expanding your circle and getting, like you said, in the quote unquote room with people that you admire, that you look up to, that are building things that you want to build, that are being humans that you want to, you know, be or whatever that looks like. And I think this is something that I always encourage is like expand your circle, really look at your circle around you and understand how they're impacting your life because they say like you are the sum of the five people that you hang out with most. Right. And if you look beyond your family, who is that? And that is who's impacting your decisions, how you're showing up and the thoughts that you're having about yourself for people that like feel similar in this way, right. They don't really feel like they have a good quote unquote circle. What Mm -hmm. would you recommend doing in order to really expand that circle with more like-minded people? Yeah. So I think (laughs) one, I think you need to not make the assumption that other people aren't on your path. And I'm going to unpack that just a little bit and explain what I mean by that. So when I came back from maternity leave, I've always been a people person, right? So like (laughs) my favorite part about going to work was having coffee and chatting with people, right? In our, in our galley or our cafeteria and really kind of having that deep conversation that's below the surface level. Like, let me in on what's really going on in your life, right? And once I started finding the courage to share with people, even in the corporate space, like what I was going through, having, you know, had my third baby come back from maternity leave, so, so many of these individuals felt exactly the same way, right? Unfulfilled in life, unhappy in their career, on a path that maybe they didn't really want to pursue in the, in the first place, right? So I think we need to not make the assumption that the people in our current circle aren't on a similar journey. They might just not be telling you about it, right? Because it feels scary. And then two, if you really can't find anyone in your circle and you just haven't found that courage yet to maybe even talk about what you're experiencing to see if other people can relate or on a similar path or feeling a similar way, then I would say it's, it's kind of like any other networking that you would do, right? Like who is the type of person that you want to meet that would define the path that you're on, right? Like, so look for similar qualities and characteristics that you are attempting to embody and then talk to those people. Like there are so many outlets. You talk about community all of the time, right? Like don't overlook your community, whether that might be meetups, right? There's literally an app that you can have on your phone that shows you meetups locally around you. And they could be working mom groups. They could be church groups, like whatever they are. Like there are so many different channels and I think opportunities that are available to us to just connect with people. And that could even just be going to workshops based on what your interests are. Online, the online space has so, so many options. For me, dipping my big toe in was getting into a group coaching program of women that literally felt exactly the same way that I did. They were feeling lost. They were looking for change in their life and career. They were trying to find their purpose, right? So meeting people that way is also 
a great way to develop yourself personally, to meet new people that are on a similar journey. Facebook groups, oh my goodness. There's so many Facebook groups and like people that are looking for similarities in others. So I think those are just a few. Yeah, there's so many opportunities, right? But it does require, this is something that I want to kind of reflect on for a minute. It does require putting yourself out there, kind of stepping out of the comfort zone. And you did make a comment that when you were sort of had this realization that you would kind of be stepping into this new season, you know, entrepreneurship, life coaching, et cetera, you kept it to yourself, right? Because I think there's that fear of judgment. And this is something that stops most people, right? What will others think of me? Or even the rejection piece. If I put myself out there, what if they don't like me? And I think this is big. And I think we always have, will continue to have those feelings surface for us. But tell us a little bit more about that judgment piece and how you continue to work to overcome that. And I think some tactical advice for my listeners, as far as like what this, what does it mean to when, when, especially when it, when it comes to self-reflection, that self-awareness, how does that relate to, right? The external, the people, the external validation and, and that judgment that so many people are stuck with. Yeah. So as far as kind of taking that step towards stepping into this like new identity that you're trying to create for yourself and overcoming fears of talking to the people that you love about it, um, what you're going through, and then moving past it and just doing the thing anyway. <laughs> oh my God. There's, I feel like there's so much to unpack with this one. So honestly, like I, I guess I came to a decision point where I had to tell at least my husband, Joe, at the time, like what was going on. And there was definitely this like sense of uh, maybe guilt and shame for feeling like I wanted something different or something more when I already had so much. So it definitely requires vulnerability and courage. And I think, you know, when I thought about talking to him about this, it was, I would ask myself like, okay, well, what is the worst possible thing that could happen by me just sharing this with him? But also on the flip side of that, like, what is the best possible thing right now? If I do, it's like, I have someone in my corner. Maybe he doesn't fully understand what I'm going through, but at least like he can support me in that way. Another thing that really kind of helped put things into perspective for me to kind of move beyond the fear of, you know, putting myself out there and it holding me back was like, okay, if I think about myself, God, I don't know, 80 years down the road, whatever that looks like, 50, 80 years, will I regret not doing this, right? Is it something that I'm going to look back on and say, I really wish I would have just done it and pursued it and went for it? And that I think is really kind of what helped me to just continue to put myself out there and to explore what that means for me. And then I think your other question was, self-reflection, right? And how that kind of relates to the outside world and what they might be thinking of you. So is it more getting over caring about what people think of you? Yeah. yeah I so. think it's like this correlation, right? That we have with who we imagine ourselves to be or who we perceive ourselves to be and giving that power to others, right? What do they think of me? What do they perceive of me? It's like giving away that power. And I think this is where we get stuck in that judgment zone right? But I love these questions. I think in anything that we do and any big risk or big decision that we're having to make, what's the worst that could happen? 
What's the best thing that could happen? And then most importantly, like, will I regret not doing this? And I think most people, like when they go to their grave, right, it's the things that they didn't do. (laughs) And I think I love that you, and this is something that I will always tell you guys, right, is ask yourself better questions. Instead of saying, why is this so hard? You could replace it with, how can I make this easy? And when you're facing a big decision or a big risk, same thing, right? Will I regret this later? That will give you that push, that motivation to step outside of yourself, step outside of your own head and really go for those bigger things because we can't give that power to other people, right? Basically, when we live in that judgment zone and we let other people's opinions guide our decisions, we're giving away our power in creating the life and business that we love, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I think (laughs) back to like asking yourself better questions, right? It's like, what does it matter? What does it matter what other people think anyway? And I think back to assumptions, right? Assumptions that we make about ourselves, assumptions that we make about other people and what we think they're going to think about us when we start divulging, right? Like, this, you know, midlife crisis maybe that we're going through and this new path that we're trying to take, like we assume that people are going to judge us. And if I think back to like when I started sharing more of my message and what was on my heart and myself, and I was sharing my self-discovery and the thoughts that I was having at the time. And some people did reach out and say like, hey, I just want to make sure you're okay, right? Because they think something's, they think something's wrong because you're doing something so out of the ordinary, right? So like you're really kind of rocking the boat and people aren't used to seeing you kind of show up in this way. But at the same time, it felt very empowering. So it's like you do it anyway and people are gonna react and it kind of doesn't really matter how they react. If they react poorly to what you're sharing or how you're showing up, it doesn't matter unless you give it meaning. Like, because if, if you are sure that this is the thing that you should be doing, you should just be doing it anyway. Oh, so good. So powerful. And let's talk about that. So what if someone isn't sure what they should be doing and, but they know they're, you know, your really specialty is helping women not only pursue their passion, but figure out what that is. I think so many of us get lost in self when we're taking on all these identities and these roles and we're like hustling through life, motherhood, corporate, whatever. And I think one of the, one of your biggest things is creating rituals. And I would love for you to talk about what rituals are. And for me, like I just asked you this question, what is the difference between rituals and routine? Yeah. So for me, I think it's more the difference in the energy that you bring to the activity, right? So I feel like morning routines are very popular in like the personal development world, right? And if you think about a morning routine, like how does it make you feel, right? It's For me, it's like, okay, it's something I need to just get done. Yes, maybe it kind of helps set the tone for the day, but the energy behind it almost still feels like that hustle mentality, like got to check the box and say, I got my morning routine in for the day versus rituals for me are more a connection. Like they are still activities that you will do. However, there's just a different energy and essence about them, right? So it's more connecting the mind, body, and soul and being extremely mindful and present 
when you are doing these things that bring you just better overall well-being. So to me, that is the difference between a routine and a ritual. And it's really kind of the energy behind the activity. Yeah. So good. And that was mind blowing to me. I love that. Can you help us and just like paint the picture? How did you use rituals? Cause I think this is how you kind of sat in that self-reflection and started to really lean in, let your intuition guide you. How did you use rituals to lead you in that way? Yeah. So a lot of the rituals that I was doing at the time and now had to do a lot with kind of introspective work, right? So there was a lot of journaling involved. There was a ton of meditation. <laughs> and really what that looked like for me was like taking the time either in the morning or at night to really carve out the space for myself and to really strip away the noise. So, I mean, as a mom working full time, right? Trying to like pursue a passion. There's just so many things uh, that are happening throughout the day that it's so hard sometimes to just get clarity on who you are, what you want and why you want it. Right. And, and these rituals really helped to ground me in figuring out the questions that I was having at the time, which is really, who am I? Why am I here? Like, what is my life all about? And what do I really want out of my life? What do I want it to look like? What do I want it to feel like? Right. So the, the journaling was more about kind of honestly getting all of the voices inside my head out onto paper so that I could clearly see like, what is going on for me right now? Right. As well as just being grateful. I think sometimes when we get into this space of like going down a new path, it's easy to focus on like what you feel like you don't have. So like the gratitude still really helped me stay happy and present in the moment and really focusing on maybe the three things that I was grateful for, for that day and why, right? So it's like, even though I'm trying to pursue this new path, that doesn't mean I can't be happy where I'm at with what I have right now. So that really helped me in that sense. And then meditation kind of just took everything to a whole different level because it really helps me to just sit with myself and be an observer of my thoughts and my feelings, which are so easy to get lost in sometimes, right? And it's a practice that really kind of just helped center me and find my own truth during that time. So good. And I know a lot of listeners right now are like, oh yeah, gratitude and like meditation and like all the woo-woo, like whatever, quote unquote, practical or whatever things. But these truly, like, if you can't, well, for one, if you can't quiet the noise, you're always going to be in that hustle space and that will never produce great results. That's just how it is. And then for two, if you can't ever be happy with where you are at now, you'll never be happy with the destination that you're heading for, right? You'll always be looking for more. You'll always be searching for that piece that's going to quote unquote, fill that void. So these are really, really important components. I love that for meditation. I know this is like your thing. I would love for you to help us understand. I think, again, I just want to stress the importance of like, especially as a mom, especially as a, a working mom, quieting the noise is one of the most beneficial things that we can do as a woman, right? Really allowing that space to understand the thoughts that are occurring. And so I think this is a practice that we should all integrate in some way. And I know there's never, there's not one way to do it, but I would love for you to share with us for people that are just getting started with meditation, what are some key things we should keep in mind and what does that look like? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that there's certainly an opportunity to demystify meditation because I think most times when people think of meditation, they do think of it as very kind of like a spiritual slash woo-woo type of a practice or a thing to do, but you don't have to approach it that way. So when I first started meditating, like I started when I was young, I just wasn't very consistent with it. And quite frankly, don't even think that I really knew I was meditating at the time. I just, I always suffered from pretty bad anxiety and always felt like I wanted to jump out of my skin. So I was like, okay, how can I, at the time I, I didn't, I wasn't taking medication or anything. It was more me just kind of focusing on breathing and visualizing, like just breathing in all of the goodness of life and exhaling all of the bad that I was feeling at the time. So honestly, like meditation is used for so many different things. For me, it was to kind of ease my anxiety, right? And it really did, it did help in, in that way. So, you know, as I got older and I started to learn more about meditation and the practice, there are, like you said, so many different ways you can go about meditation. But I think most times we tend to overcomplicate everything in life and it can be very, very simple. But one thing that I usually will guide people or advise people to do in the beginning is to really know why you want to practice. And I think that comes back to anything you're doing in life. It's like, why are you doing this thing? And whatever your reason is, let that be good enough, right? Don't overthink it. Like you, it doesn't have to be done perfectly. Just know why you're doing it for yourself. So I will always tell people that are interested in starting their own practice to start by setting an intention around it and understanding why you want to sit and practice. If you're more goal oriented, like you can set a goal around meditation if you're just starting a practice, but I would also set the intention with it. And the difference between the two is really like, okay, a goal would be like, I wanna meditate for the next 30 days, right? It's very tangible, like you can measure it. It's forward focused, but the intention behind it takes it a level deeper and gives it more meaning, right? So your intention for your practice could be, I'm going to try something new over the next 30 days and I will allow my experience, whatever it is, to be good enough, right? So you can feel the difference between the goal and the intention, but that is the first place that I would start. And then I would honestly release your expectations. Like I'm sure you have some preconceived like notions about what meditation is and isn't, let all of that go, right? Because if you're overthinking it before you even start, it is not going to be a pleasant experience for you because you're going to be worried the whole time if you're doing it the right way or if you're sitting the right way. And really I think what meditation is all about is not to get rid of your thoughts or your feelings or to numb, but to become a witness and an, and an observer of your thoughts and your feelings without attaching to them. So it's really about expanding your awareness, right? And being in the moment. And then next, you'd really want to just find a space or a position that works for you. And this can be anywhere in your home, literally. Like sometimes I will meditate in the shower or I will go outside and meditate in the grass and it, literally five minutes. It could be a one minute meditation. Just give yourself the time and the space to just breathe and close your eyes and try to focus. So the last thing that I would suggest when it comes to meditation, when you're done, is to really reflect on your practice. So think about, try not to do it in the moment. And I think it's normal to get distracted by your thoughts, especially if you're a beginner. How you know you're doing something right, though, is that if you catch yourself in the moment and come back to it, right? Maybe if you do have those thoughts, 
set them aside when you're sitting, like pretend like you're putting them in a box. And then when you're done your practice, reflect on what you put in that box, right? What came up for you? What thoughts were reoccurring? What emotions came up? How were you feeling? And like, what does this all mean for you? Mm. So if you are someone who feels uncomfortable with kind of sitting in silence, I would recommend starting with a meditation app. So I've tried many apps. I found Insight Timer to be my favorite. Bonus, it's a free app. <laughs> so you don't have to pay anything for it, which is amazing. And they have, they have thousands of meditations and all different variations of meditations. They have sleep meditations, right? So I, I would just be clear on why you wanna meditate and then just go for it. Just try it, like experiment with it. And it is a practice. So you can't just like do it once and expect it to change anything for you. You have to practice continuously. So good. I love it. I think meditation can always be, it's either, it sounds too overwhelming for people. You know, there's a misconception there or uh, it's overlooked as something that we need to include in just the ritual, the routine of, of our day. And if we were to kind of like circle back to the woman that feels unfulfilled, who's looking to pursue her passion, but she's not really sure what that is. It sounds like she could use meditation as a tool to kind of quiet the noise and sit there. What do you think? As I was saying, people use meditation for different reasons. I think in the more traditional sense, people will meditate because they feel like they want to expand their awareness. They want to strengthen their mindfulness. They want to increase their consciousness, right? It's like all of those kind of higher level more conceptual um, ideas. However, I think you can also use meditation creatively. And I have gone to this space where before I meditate, if I'm trying to make a decision on something or I'm trying to find my path, I like to practice visualization as a part of meditation. So this is something that you will do as a part of your meditation practice. So if you're a woman who's unfulfilled, right, in your life, in your career right now, when you are sitting with yourself, meditating, quiet, still, right, eyes closed, you can, in the moment of meditating, start to visualize what your future self might be doing, might be feeling, might be thinking. And I feel like that is a practice that can really fill that, that space, that void, that gap of who you are today and where you think you might want to be or who you think you might want to be in the future. So you can totally practice visualization and you can pause your meditation practice if that is your intention going into it is to get answers to fill that space. So you can totally do that in the moment and you can stop, you can journal about thoughts that come to you, ideas that come to you, and then maybe unpack that even further when you're done your meditation practice and really reflect on that and think about how can I take what I was given as essentially a gift during my meditation practice and start to dissect it even further to figure out my next step. So good because I think, uh, oh, there's so much I want to unpack there, but I think um, <laughs> when we think about pursuing our passion, I think the things that come up are, well, what are you good at? What do you love to do? But sometimes like if you were to ask me that question three years ago, I would have been like, I don't even know. And so I think a lot of women can relate to that feeling of like, I don't, again, if we are in this space of kind of feeling lost, 
those questions might feel overwhelming. And so if instead we're actually just visually thinking about what are we doing? What are we being right? Like that is so much more powerful than just, you know, tactical level things of like, what are you good at? Right. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I think that there's power in unpacking those questions. And I don't know if, if you're familiar with the Ikigai concept, but it does get into these questions where there's like four different quadrants or circles, right, that intersect. And essentially the intersection of everything is like your life's purpose or your passion. And it, it dives into these questions of like, well, what are you good at? Like, what are your strengths? Like, what do you value? What do you enjoy doing? Like what brings you joy? How do you like to help people? What types of problems do you like to solve? Right? So I think that there's power in answering those questions for yourself. But to your point, like when I first started down this path where I was at that turning point, right. And trying to find myself and figure out like, what does this career transition look like for me? And what am I stepping into? I was practicing a lot of visualization and all I could really see in my mind was myself surrounded by women being happy and smiling and I was leading them and I was serving them. And granted, I did not know that that meant for me at the time that I wanted to be a life coach. There is power, I think, in, in combining the vision, even if it's still not completely clear, that'll come, I think, more so when you start to combine that with those additional kind of deeper thought provoking questions. So powerful. And I think that discovery process, if you're doing it alone, might feel hard or heavy or confusing, but having a mentor such as yourself would be so impactful, which I want to ask, like, what do you think the benefits are of having a life coach? I think a lot of people may either overlook this this concept of life coaching and or don't understand it. Can you help us uh, just unpack that a little bit? This is such a timely question <laughs> because I am a member of a lot of different Facebook groups specifically for working moms, right? They're, they're community supporting working moms. And I think that there is this kind of stigma or misconception around life coaching and what that means. And like, a lot of the questions that I see in some of these communities is like, please tell me what the purpose of a life coach is. And I think, you know, a lot of the responses are like, why would I want someone to tell me what to do with my life? And I'm like, whoa, back it up, back it up. That's, that's not how it works, right? Like I'm not, I'm not here to tell you what to do with your life. I'm here to just help you figure it out, right? And honestly, it is so hard to figure out without someone who has been there, right? Doing the thing that you would desire to do, which is just making a change in your life, transitioning out of your career at some point, right? So the value of a life coach is that like, they ask you really, really good questions, right? They are an objective third party that is not going to judge you, right? A lot of the, you know, clients that I've worked with in the past, as well as just other moms that I've talked to, like, they just want someone in their corner, right? They want someone that they can kind of share with anything that's on their heart. Like, they want someone that has been where they're at to help guide them through the process, right? And I think there's a difference. There's general life coaching, and then there's specialized life coaching, right? Um, general life coaching, general life coach is someone who's just going to help you with every area of your life, 
and that can be career relationships. I am a bit more focused and specialized to the working mom who does feel like she's at a turning point in her life and career, knows she wants to make a change. And I created this unique framework that helps kind of guide her through that process and experience by creating a clear vision through self-discovery work and specific exercises, right? I, I dig deep into mindset because most times the fear will hold us back from making any types of changes. So there's thought work involved in that. And quite frankly, most women get to this point where they want to make a change, but they don't know how, they don't know where to start, they have no plan. And that is also a critical component to what I do is like getting clear on like, what are your goals? And what do you want your life to look like? What would you want to be doing for work or your career, right? Outside of what you're currently doing. So it's really, it's having someone to hold you accountable, but it's also having someone to just be in your corner to share your thoughts with that's going to motivate you and inspire you along the way. So there's, you know, there's definitely, <laughs> I think some misconceptions around what a life coach is and is not. And I'm definitely not here to tell you what to do with your life. I'm here to help, I'm here to help you figure it out. <laughs> I love that you said that. Cause I think really any, even life coach, business coach, therapist isn't, meant to be someone that's going to tell you what to do, right? There's, there's going to be advice shared, maybe whatever, but it's really just a good life coach. You know, even a good business coach is going to actually give you the tools, equip you with the things you need to actually tap into your own, right? Inner strength to understand how you have the power to make really great decisions, really uncovering, unpacking, right? Doing some of the inner work, but also, like you said, being that guide, being that mentor along the way. So I think it's not about doing the right or wrong thing. It's actually like someone to give you, like push you outside of your own self, right? Your own head and expand that way of being. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I think a really good explanation, if, if, if I could just even give an example is like a consultant, right? If you think about riding a bike, a consultant will come and get on the bike and like show you how to ride the bike. However, a life coach is someone that is going to encourage you to get on the bike yourself and talk you through how to appropriately go about riding the bike and will guide you along the way so that you can pivot and make adjustments until you're riding it on your own. So good. Without falling. <laughs> Without falling, which we will fall, right? Which we will all fall. Oh my gosh, girl. There are so many golden nuggets here. I think even for the woman that is in the middle of a transition or hasn't quite started that transition yet, I think there's so many things here that we can take away. I, for myself, really want to up my meditation game because especially right now during this season, you know, homes are fuller. Our, our identities are more right. We, we talk about being a teacher and all the things. And so it's more important. It's, it's important more than ever right now to give ourselves that time in the space to quiet the noise and really like sit and really find that peace within. So thank you for sharing. Thank you so much for being here. Tell us a little bit more about your, your programs and where we can find you so people can connect with you and your incredible energy. Absolutely. So I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. It's a 12-week program. It's called Intuitive Pursuit of Passion, where 
I will work with you one-on-one -on -one to help you through that transitional point in your life and your career to really gain the clarity and the confidence and work with you to create that concrete plan so that you can find more balance and more fulfillment in your life and really start pursuing what it is you're truly passionate about. So I have that. And then you can find me on Facebook. Again, my name is Michelle Dickinson. I'm also on Instagram. And my handle there is the underscore Michelle underscore Dickinson. I also have a free simple five-step meditation guide that I can share with you if you wanted to link that up. Yep. I'll put that in the show notes. I love it. Oh my gosh, girl. Thank you so much for being here again. There's so much to take away from this and I just appreciate you and honor you for who you are, what you're doing and the impact that you're, that you're making We all need a Michelle in our lives and your mission is so big and I'm just so grateful for that. <laughs> no, thank you. It has been such a pleasure and such an honor to just be able to share with you my experience and how far I've come and how, you know, I desire and envision myself helping other moms that are on a similar journey. So thank you. So good. All right, girl. Bye. If you liked what you heard today and want to continue the conversation, join us in the Facebook community. Just go to launchitgirlpodcast.com. Can't wait to see you in there.